Hello and welcome back to Universal After Dark. Uh, firstly, apologies this episode is late. We did want to get one out to you a little bit earlier in January, but we just weren't able to. So apologies, but here we are. Um, you can hear the noise of Flynn in the background. Apologies for that. He wants some tiggles. Um, I'm just doing this quick intro because we did have some technical difficulties with this episode. So the audio at the beginning of the episode for the first 20 minutes or so um there's a little bit of interference um unfortunately so it will affect the listening experience and i just wanted to you know make note of that before the episode starts but uh, the rest of the episode is fine so please bear with us um it's probably not as bad as i think it is but i just wanted to make reference to it because it's taken me and amanda three days to call this podcast so Sit back, relax, and enjoy 2020 and Universal After Dark. Welcome to Universal After Dark, a Universal podcast that's not the same as all the others. Hi, and welcome to the very, very first Universal After Dark of 2020. I'm your host, Buster Mays, and I'm joined today by my fabulous co-host, Nick. Hello, and happy 2020 to you all. I'm really glad you didn't mess that up, because when you were about to say it, I thought, oh God, what year is it? Honestly, I know. And then I was like, um... Is it 2020 still? Because January has seemed to be seven years long. Oh my God. I don't think I've ever remembered a month as long as this one. It's been incredible. I feel like Christmas was honestly about six months ago. Uh, yeah, it, I, I can barely remember it. And not because it wasn't memorable, but <laughs> just because... It's oh, just it's been just, a long Jan. Really, really long, really long. But the good news is that we've recorded one of these. Yes. As we will continue to do, obviously. Yes, we are coming back with a vengeance for 2020 and we're excited about it. Yes. Absolutely. And I've missed this. Well, it's, well, yeah, because you missed the last episode in December mm-hmm. when we had Caitlin on. Um, but you've only missed one, so that's, that's fine. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, we, we mentioned previously we, we kind of let the ball slip a little bit last year various reasons it's no one in particular's fault but we are going to be more consistent this year um we're aiming for once a month you know i think we'll go for once a month and you know if something outstanding happens or you know if we can just do something more we will do but we guarantee we'll do an episode a month yeah for sure and then we've got things like about the fourth gate opening so obviously as more news comes out about that we'll be doing more episodes halloween horror night stuff we'll be doing more episodes around halloween horror nights announcement time but this time of year is always a little bit low anyway so rather than just doing an episode for episode's sake we're going to stick with once a month and then additional special episodes. That's kind of what today is, honestly. So today's a little bit of a news plan, but then we're going to do a bit of a special as well. Yes, yes, absolutely. So uh, I suppose if you don't already, and it's free to do this, subscribe because, you know, there'll be one a month. But if there's any episodes released in between shows, 
you won't necessarily see them unless you've subscribed. So please do, you'll get notified whenever there's a new episode. And depending on how you have it set up, it will download automatically or you can choose to download it. But um, that's the best way of keeping up to date with these shows. Yes. Yes, it is. I feel like I really want to talk about our first news segment because I'm really excited about it. Well, I think just before we do that, are you drinking anything? Well, I am not because other than Sunday, <laughs> it was my first time drinking since November. I, I've got to ask you a question about that, actually. Because mm-hmm. I saw a, a picture that you put up and you mentioned something about church. Oh, right. I think, right. I posted that and I got some message about it. So basically, there's a church in Liverpool that is called the Bombed Out Church. And it's called that because it was bombed in the in the war and it's, so now it's just like kind of the shell of a church. Uh-huh. And so everyone in Liverpool just knows it's a bombed out church. And in my brain, everyone in the world knows it's that. So I posted it and then people must be like, what does that even mean? Is that like a phrase for how drunk you are? And I'm like, nope. That is is what I was trying to work out. I was really, really confused because, you know, obviously I'm from Essex. We have um, slang just like you guys do up there. Um, And sometimes it doesn't, even though we all speak the same language, we don't speak the same language. And that was something that was really confused to me. So that's cool. But I also need to pick you up on something because one (laughs) thing I kind of learned about you at the weekend, which I didn't, I should have guessed this, but I didn't know is that you love arcades. I hardcore love arcades. I will tell you, like, so where I live now uh, is about a 20-minute drive from the seaside or about, about 40 minutes, you know, door-to-door on the train. And when I, we, we take the kids there in the summer, so I'm not... I know I do things without the kids sometimes, but this is something we do. So we, we, I do take them to see some in the summer. However, if I'm at a loose end of a weekend, if um, my wife is is doing something with the kids um, and they're not going to be there for, you know, until the evening or something, because I've got the whole day to myself, that sometimes happens, I will jump on the train and I will go to the seaside so I can play in the arcades. Wait, are you talking like the arcades that have like the 2P machines in? Well, I mean, they have 2P machines in as well. But no, I mean, I'm talking actual games. Like Street Fighter and stuff. Yeah, arcade games, yeah. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. whenever I'm talking to people about it, they're like, because like, obviously I used to live in a seaside town before I moved back to yes. And that's filled with the arcades that have like the the arm machines. I don't know what they are, like the with the things spin on them. Um, yeah, one on bandits. Yeah. yeah. And like the two P machines and like the claw machine, things like that. So whenever I'm saying arcade tool, that's what they I think kind of meaning. But I mean yeah. like it is like an eighties vibe, like Stranger Things kind of arcade bar. Yeah, I I get what you mean. So from our American listeners, because um, I've never seen one in America anywhere. Joysticks. We, huh? Joysticks in Orlando. No, no, no. I mean, uh, two, oh, I was going to talk about 2D machines. <laughs> so we have these, 
as I said, I've, I've only seen them in the UK, so I'm sure they must have them elsewhere, but they have these machines where you put um, two pennies in, so, you know, like a couple of cents. We've got a two-pence coin, and these machines are full of them, and they're on uh, two levels, two, like, levels of trays. One is static, the other one moves backwards and forwards, and the idea is that you, you time it so that the coin falls into the machine, gets pushed into up gets pushed off the ledge into a big pile of uh, two peas and that some of them drop down for you to collect it's a very weird kind of gambling you're never going to get rich of it <laughs> never going to get rich of it but you can get a lot of gems yes yes uh but kids love them old people love them uh and, and i mean my kids love them they will you know if you give them a few quid to go and get some two peas, they will be happy for, you know, a good hour. But me and Boston clearly are more about the games, the actual games, the real games. Um, the place you look, you were at the other day looks amazing because it looked like it was full of retro um, arcade machines. I saw you was playing Alien versus Predator. We were. So, so that ties into Halloween Horror Nights. So this is, this is all... You know, I like to keep almost... it on brand. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> if only, if only they had turned that video game into the film, it wouldn't have sucked as much as it did. <laughs> um, but um, so we don't have, we don't have retro arcades there really. There's a few sections of the arcades down there that have some older machines, but most of them are, are like the newer kind of stuff. So normally i have to go and play like some batman or the walking dead or um mario kart that's that's how actually how we found my son is obsessed with mario kart was because ah. he saw it in the arcade once and uh ran up to the machine he hadn't run up to anything else so he sat and played it and he sat on my lap and um he was absolutely obsessed to the point now anywhere he goes that's got one he has to sit and watch it so <laughs> amazing yeah <laughs> Um, so yeah, so we love, uh, or I love arcades, and so uh, I was just really pleased to see that we share that love. Yes, and it's been such a like a surge in them lately. Like I think that's the third one to open in Liverpool in the last probably six months. But this is like an old brewery that mm. has been renovated, so it's like three huge floors of games, and it is just oh, it's my like I literally go every weekend. It's my favorite place. Oh, man, that, that is incredible. That really, really is. Like, we've got nothing like that here. Um, I dreamed of opening. I always had these, like, really great business ideas, but no money to do anything with them. And I wanted to open um, a barcade. Perfect. It's going to be a bar with, like, a load of uh, machine units where you've got, like, one of those um, Raspberry Pi things in. So you've got all the games available. And you can just, like, put in, what you know, whatever game you want. Um because that just sounds like heaven to me. Yes. Um, and it's, it, somebody's already started the concept, so good on them for for being able to. And, um, well, I should be coming up to Liverpool soon, so if I do, that's what I'll do. Yes. I'll, uh, I'll go to Joysticks. It sounds incredible. And, of course, I mean, Halloween Horror Nights has its own, well, Universal has its own little arcade. It does. It so, does indeed. Again, we're, you know, the circle of life is complete. We are background... <laughs> to universal um but i do have a drink th th this is the longest what you do honestly 
I feel like every episode, like, no, no tangents today, no tangents today. We haven't even, we haven't even said what you're drinking. No, I have got. I found this in a shop. It's a passion fruit lemonade. Oh, it's non-alcoholic. It's non-alcoholic. Look at us. I was so. I I know. I know. I've I've gone and changed this after dark. (laughs) So for those that don't. I don't know why you'd hear it on here because surely you'd have heard it over in Disaster Dark. But anyway, Disaster Dark is dead. I've killed it off. I've chopped his head off. And we start a new Disney podcast next week um, where we're not going to swear. Um, I think we're still going to swear on here. Oh, for sure. Um, so that's fine. Um, but we're not going to swear over there. And so, yeah, since we'll drink, hang on, let's. That is really weird. It tastes, it tastes quite sour. Oh. I don't I don't hate it, but I can't really say it tastes like lemonade, nor does it it definitely doesn't taste like passion fruit, you know, like like you Rubicon or something like that. It doesn't I was have literally that just thinking of Rubicon yeah. in my head. Yeah, I love Rubicon, but it's not horrible, it's just it's just a bit sour, but I like that. Mm. Anyway, that's what I'm drinking. So <laughs> uh we should really start the show properly now. With the news, with the park news. After Dark Podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.hhnunofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Yes, so my favorite bit of park news that we have had only a few days ago, surprisingly, because I felt like this, we all, we all knew this is that Super Nintendo World has been a fish confirmed to be part of Epic Universe. Now, a I'm fish, gonna, a fish. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, from from the Universal's mouth. Um, I mean, what is great about this announcement, really, for me, is that it puts to bed all those rumours we had for years that they were going to build, like, Nintendo Land or Super Nintendo World, or whatever they were going to call it at the time, where T2 was. Or Fireball's Playland. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand how anyone thought they could put a land in those spaces. No. I just, I just couldn't, and, and they wouldn't have fitted it, the theme either. Like, it would have just been the most bizarre thing ever. And, and I mean, okay, when those rumours started about Nintendo, we didn't have confirmation there would be a third gate where it's going to be. We always thought there was going to be a third gate, as long listeners will, will know. But we didn't know where it was going to be. Hashtag and... Game of Thrones. <laughs> hashtag Game of Thrones, indeed. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we... we I've moved on happen. now. I'm hashtag Witcher. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. That's probably more likely, actually, to be fair, yeah. because of the Netflix thing. Um, but, you know... It, to me, it seemed like they needed a really big space to do it. And, you know, we were just discussing before we started recording that 
you know, because the Japanese uh, Super Nintendo World is, is opening, uh, no, this year, uh, later this year, um, you know, they've had their press conference and they've, you know, shown their layout of what the land's going to look like and they've talked about some of the technology that's going to be there. Do you know what the biggest surprise was, though, for yeah. me, is that one of the things that they're going to be selling is a Mario hat. Mm. It never even dawned on me that that would be the most obvious bit of merchandise they could sell would be Super Mario's hat. That is true. That is and true. as soon as I saw them all come out wearing it, I was like, I need one of those hats. <laughs> oh, you're that guy. Yeah, I'm that I'm, <laughs> and, But the thing is, I'm that guy who will never wear it out. I just feel that I need one. But I wouldn't be wearing it around the park. That was me with the Scoops Ahoy hat at Halloween Horror Nights. I was like 100% buying it. And every day I would literally be wearing it around the tribute store. Like, yeah, so freaking buying this. And I was like, no, Amanda, be real. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, that's, a, that's a hard hat to pull off. I mean, it's not literally. It's, a, it's actually a very easy hat to pull off. And it's actually a very soft hat. But to actually wear it and wear it well, that's, that takes a bit of skill. I mean, I feel like if I was to stand in a mirror and try a Scoops Ahoy hat or a Mario hat, I feel like the Scoops Ahoy hat would look 1,000 times more wearable. <laughs> it's it's more unisex uh-huh. than a Mario hat would be. Not just because it's got Mario on it, but the size of it and the, and the style. That said, they did have men and women modelling said hat, and actually it does look like it would pretty much work for everyone so you might be doing yourself a disservice um but some of the other features that they announced at this launch is that they're going to be having um their version of uh, a magic band or tapu tapu type device which will you'll be able to interact in the land with it you'll be able to punch question mark boxes that will be suspended in, in you know off the ground Amazing. and you will be able to get points that you will be able to use to do things in the land i didn't go into too much detail about that but just just something really interactive and immersive and the kind of thing that you know we, we've seen universal pull off before with um you know what they've done in in diagon alley with the uh, yeah and hospitals with the wands but just that that extra level of interactivity that you don't always get in theme parks I have a question for you. Oh, you do? So, Epic Universe is going to open in 2023. That's only three little tiny years away. Yeah. Would you make a trip out for opening day? Um, I, I don't think I would. But not necessarily for the reasons that you might think. Oh, really? Yeah, so... The reasons why I wouldn't would just be because everybody and their cousin will be trying to do the same thing. And I think what we've learned in, or what we've learned with, you know, uh, Galaxy's Edge and um, the attractions there, and even when the land first opened, and we saw with with, uh, Hagrid's Coaster, and we saw when the Wisdom World first opened, you know, on that opening day it just gets completely crazy you've got a combination of and this is where things have changed you've got a combination of locals Mm -hmm. 
tourists that are on holiday. But now we also have this social media uh, blogging, vlogging community mm-hmm. who all need to get the content first. You know, it was um, with uh, Rise of the Resistance recently, it was like, wait, you know, who was going to post the video first? Who was going to post it first? And, um, you know, they all posted the videos within hours of each other, like all of the like the big kind of Disney uh, usual suspects. Um, and and that's what it is now. It is a race because, you know, if you can get the content first, you're going to get hits. And if you get hits, you get money. And, you know, and so we now live in this time where it's not just theme park fans or Nintendo fans or just people that, you know, want to be universal. You've got people that it's almost like a competition. It's their life. It's their job sometimes to get there first. And so the demand is just going to be incredible. And we've had one confirmed land. This is the first confirmed land for Epic Universe. You know, we've speculated about it. And, you know, we've looked at the the artist's impressions and we've kind of guessed at what... With a magnifying glass (laughs) exactly you know we we try to work out what these things could be and obviously our fingers are still crossed for um you know universal monsters but 100 the thing is they could put all of my favorite ips in this land and i still don't think i could be there for opening day but that's not because i don't want to i just think it would be just too busy this has been like a hot topic in my house today so this is all that we've talked about so that's why I wanted to know if you would so Ash and James were like no I don't think that we would because that'd be crazy and I was like I as soon as there's an official date date like I'm feeling spring because theme box love love a bit of spring action um I will book my flight and my height that we get a confirmed date and I will I mean, be there. Like, yeah. I mean, the other thing as well is that there is that kind of worry that things won't be ready, that rides might be breaking down because they've just literally opened up and all of that kind of stuff. So there is that that element to it. But on the flip side to everything I've said, the other thing, and I think probably what's driving you down that road, is because it it's only opening once for the first time. Yeah, and I feel like I I wasn't at Islands for opening day, but I was there a few weeks after I opened. Yeah. And I feel like Universal such a, a big, big part of my life. I would just, I'd just go regardless. And I feel like if I was there for a week or two weeks, like if it's in spring, most likely a week or 10 days anyway. But I've got that entire time to just do universal and so if i can't go on everything that i want to go on in one day that's for a whole entire week to explore that new park i think when diagonally opened i spent literally two full days in diagonally just exploring everything and i feel like i would just be disappointed in myself if i didn't go there is that element to it as well isn't there yeah, I feel like I don't think I could sit there knowing that, I mean, in three years' time, I might have a family, I don't know, <laughs> but right now, as I don't have kids, I'm not married, if I'm going on holiday, I'm only paying for myself, 
that it would be very worth for me to do it. But I could understand why it would be different if you have an entire family and it's going to be hectic. Yeah, I mean, there is the, there is the cost issue as well. You know, that is something you can't necessarily underestimate. But, you know, just, I don't know. I, 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 mean, I, I would really like to be in, in some ways. And, of course, we could also be the first podcast. You know, everyone's too excited to be getting the first on YouTube and everything like that, but we could be the first podcast that records. Well, indeed. I'm interested to know what all you listeners about this like i know that i've been following a lot of the rise of the resistance stuff on um not so much twitter lately but on facebook and on instagram and it looks like it's being crazy but then it's a lot of people so i'm interested to know whether this is obviously on a much bigger scale because it's an entire park would you make a trip around open and down yeah I think it'd be good to to hear that. Um, you can probably hear my dog as well in the background. Um, but yeah, just because I think, you know, in the same way that you've discussed it today with your family, um, you know, we've also, you know, everyone will have their own different view. Everyone will have their, their reasons for and against. So yeah, absolutely. In the, you know, email, Twitter, Facebook, doesn't matter. Let us know um, what you would do for the opening of Epic Universe. Mardi freaking grass. So Mardi Gras starts this weekend. I feel like I know we were saying earlier in the episode that like January is like the longest month ever, but I feel like now Mardi Gras tends to feel like it goes in like two seconds. And it's yeah, like a two month long thing. Yeah, it's it's a funny thing, isn't it? Because we, we don't we've not really talked about it too much on the show. We we have talked about it before, but because neither of us have ever been in fact, no one on the show has ever been. Um, we, we don't talk about it in the same regard as we do to other seasons, which is a bit poor. Mm-hmm. But um, this year, I, I didn't realise, it's the 25th anniversary of Mardi Gras. I didn't realise that. I mean, that's, that's got to be, what the, well, I mean, I suppose Christmas counts as well, but um, of the of the non-kind of um, festive things, that's got to be like the second longest running season after Halloween Horror Nights, right? Yeah, like I did not realise that at all. Mum, very weird. But as you said, it kicks off on the 1st of February. Um, it does. So we have quite a big, exciting change for this year as well in relation to food. I know food's my favourite thing. So this year, they're kind of following the trend that seems to be huge right now, which is good for me in Munich. Yeah. <laughs> in that we're seeing a lot of new vegan and plant-based dishes so the kind of traditional foods that they'd have at mardi gras would be things like a shrimp po boy etc etc you know the usual mardi gras fare but they're trying something a little bit new this year which reminds me a little bit of like a food of mine festival or festival of the arts they're having different food selections on a weekly basis as well as the usuals that they'd have so week one and two it's going to be pretty much all plant-based so it's food from Trinidad and Tobago and it's things like a Trini Chow 
which is like a grilled pineapple with kimchi seasoning and split pea dough folory folory it looks delicious i don't know how (laughs) i don't know how to pronounce things i just like the way that they look but yeah different thing every couple of weeks so that's the first two weeks and then we've got the typical louisiana creole kind of food which is like fab the I find that a lot of Mardi Gras food is that type of thing. So it's like a lot of seafood and spices. Yeah, well, I mean, Mardi Gras is, you know, New Orleans, isn't it? It's Louisiana. And Mm -hmm. they are very famous for their kind of seafood dishes. As you said, you you like mentioned a shrimp po' boy. That's like one of the the more famous things and, and beignets. So there's a lot of things like jambalayas and things I associate with, uh, Mardi Gras season and stuff like that. And, Going back to what we were saying about the the first week and it being you know all plant based that that first uh, two weeks, this one they've got a uh, a cauliflower dirty rice. Yes, so I'm like hardcore loving cauliflower right now. I used to hate it. Yeah, used to think it's disgusting, but now I've learned that it's like the tofu of vegetables. You've got to you you just got to prepare it right. Yeah, you can make it, it into pretty much anything you want to. So, like, this is obviously riced cauliflower. It looks delicious. It looks absolutely gorgeous. And it, there is the more traditional crab slider as well available. Mm-hmm. Um, well, even that comes with veggie slaw. So, although yes. it's crab, um, and so, you know, I'm pescatarian, so I would eat that, but um, it's not vegetarian. But it's still on the on the more kind of healthy side. So... You know, I think this is where they're going right in, in that yeah, they're, they're offering more options. And I know vegan is, is very trendy right now. Uh, I mean, 25-year-old vegans probably wouldn't say that. But, you know, it is, you know, really popular at the moment. But Universal like, are really kind of paying attention to that trend that's happening. And, you know, the thing is with vegan food, it's, it's all inclusive. You know, everybody mm-hmm. can eat it um and that's and before in theme parts especially that was that was quite hard to do but um yeah i think i think it's a a really positive step and i think what for people that are a little bit whingy about oh we know where's the meat or anything like that honestly like give this stuff a go because you'll actually be surprised with the different tastes and flavors that they're putting on the menu here um uh, just looking as well like brazil is week five and six i'm not i'm not convinced with the country thing if i'm honest i'm not really sure what the country thing is unless they're also no. famous mardi gras countries i know i know brazil has or rio has a famous carnival doesn't it so mm-hmm. i'm not sure about trinidad and tobago um but they've got cheese bread and yeah, sweet plantains as well so that's more of a dessert dish um honestly every single one of these dishes i'm just like like i would go to mardi gras for just for the food on this basis i know a lot of people really celebrate things like the beignets and things like that i think they even have like cajun twist and t- twisted taters as like a standard really? thing yeah like i'm all about the food options i would actually go to mardi gras just for the food so you were saying as well that um this you know with the introduction of this to mardi gras it does feel a little bit like eat to the beat Mm-hmm. yeah definitely i feel like with the concert lineup especially like we were looking at the list last night and we saw diana ross which yeah, surprised me 
it was insane. But then people like TLC. Uh, and I think fire. like yes, and then a strange one, marshmallow. Who? Um, right. I'm not. I'm not up to speed on my on my hip new music, but I believe that he is like a DJ. Right. Okay. He's very very popular. Um, God, we sound so old. I know we do, <laughs> but then my my faves, all American rejects, are returning. And they they are always one of the more popular acts, aren't they? During um, yeah. these series of concerts, for sure. I was trying to think last night of who it was that was like crazy, crazy popular, and it was Fallout Boy a few years yeah. ago, and everyone went insane about it. Yeah, like people were like basically there all day, weren't they, to wait for the concert? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I think a lot of these acts have have quite a bit of pull. And no Pitbull. Pitbull's not here this year. <laughs> Surprisingly. I think the lineup sounds good. It shocked that. me. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. I think, I, do, I don't know, and you might have a totally different opinion on this than me. I don't know if I would go to Orlando and book my trip specifically around Mardi Gras. It's never like really pulled me in that way in the same way that I don't think I'd really book my trip around the Christmas celebration mm. but if I was in town at the time being able to go and see a concert which is included in my theme park admission and getting to eat all this good food only sounds like a good time to me yeah I mean uh, it's it's never something I've considered because it's a funny time of year I mean it, it's not an awful time of year to go for Brits because generally the UK is pretty cold you know, in uh, December, January. But, um, yeah, I've never really thought about taking a trip to Universal that time. And, I mean, saying that, I mean, I know it's been quite cold in Orlando recently. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, their level of cold is not the same as our level of cold, but for Orlando, it's it's been cold. Um, but, I mean, I can't say it would, like you, make me book a ticket especially, but I think it would be a really good season to actually go to. And... Um, my wife would love to go to New Orleans <laughs> and you know maybe this is the way of doing it is by convincing me instead we can go to the fake New Orleans <laughs> Universal you know maybe yes. that's the way I, <laughs> I kind of yeah you know maybe that's that's the reason for doing it um but we talked about food we've talked about the, the mm-hmm. concerts that are on um but there's drinks as well and they come yes. in these really cool-looking glasses that I need to figure out how to get a hand on. Well, I mean, we do have friends in Orlando. This is true. This is true. And I'm making some more, so that's uh-huh. good. Um, so there are uh, just... It looks like just one souvenir cup design. I only show one in the press release. Um, but mm-hmm. there are various drinks you can get. So there's a High Seas Twister, which is like a rum punch, Blue Voodoo, which is a blue margarita, uh, Carnival Lane, which is gin with fruit juices, Baby Cakes, which is, uh, um, and babies obviously play quite a role in Mardi Gras. They throw out like, little tiny dolls, don't they? Um, mm-hmm. So Baby Cakes is uh, vodka that tastes like a cake. Uh, Bourbon wow. Street Punch. <laughs> Um, which you can only buy at the Bayou Boil, uh, and coconut water in a coconut. Delightful. Yes, that looks pretty cool. What a variation. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing nothing the same at all. And they've, they've got some food pairings as well. 
Um, I loved this idea. So SeaWorld do this, and then obviously you can do it at Food and Wine Festival too, where you can get a thing and it'll tell you what it matches with. I like this idea. And this Hoodoo Cold Brew, mm-hmm. which is pecan vodka. They say it's great with Bernays, and I, I can feel that. Yep. I'll happily try some of Bloody Mary. Pair with jambalaya. So Bloody Mary's never been a drink that's like appealed to me. Mm. I don't I can't know. I've ever had one actually. No, like I'm always intrigued by them. Like when people order them, I'm always like, wow, what, what, what a strange and interesting drink that is. But it's just never really appealed to my personal palate. Yep. Um, we have a pecan street, which is a vodka caramel drink that's only available during week three and four. And mm-hmm. that pairs well with a soft shell crab slider. And a girl from Ipanema, I, I'm terrible, a gin coconut drink. And that's available during weeks five and six. Fair enough. Um, yes. And also there's some floats. Not parade floats, but actual drink floats. I love a float. Uh, you can get those at Schwab's Pharmacy in the Hollywood Oh, so section. that's going to be open? Mm-hmm. That's barely ever open. What a time to be alive. I was going to say, I don't think I've ever been in there. I like. I've been in there years and years and years ago. Like it's never open during Halloween Horror Night season. It wasn't open the last time that I went in April. Um, I have seen people posting saying that it's open for a little bit. It tends to be on like super super busy days. I think it's like a green eggs and ham kind of situation back in the day. Right. And some of the, some of the offerings there are quite interesting. So the first one is called a shipwreck, which is pineapple soft serve ice cream. Why does that sound familiar? Hmm. Um, does that sound <laughs> chocolate soft serve pi- uh, pineapple soda cotton candy and a waffle cone flag i mean these drinks oh, i'm out cotton candy ruined it yeah yeah it's um yeah it's just on the oh, it's just on the top you can scrape it off it like these look a little bit like freak shakes they're very very colorful and just look over the top ridiculous so mm-hmm. but they're all kind of ice cream based so um the Sunken City of Atlantis is vanilla soft serve, and that's got um, boba and a gummy shark, which obviously we know from the shark attack. Yes. Is that what it's called? Is that what the drink's called? That one looks like that would be my favourite, I think. Yeah, yeah, that sounds quite fun. Uh, and a Mardi Gras with pineapple and lime soft serve, grape soda, blueberry boba. These all come with these weird waffle things. I don't know what you're supposed to do with those. Um and also, uh, a mimosa bar is going to be over, open over at Cafe La Bamba. Yes, that was super popular last year. So, I mean, that's all it's I feel nice. like I would spend a lot of time in there. Yeah, it, 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 looks, like, it looks like fun. Um, I've never really had a mimosa, so I've always been intrigued by them. So, yeah, I think I'd be spending time there as well. Um, in the French quarter courtyard you can find all the usuals like beignets as we mentioned earlier king cake mm-hmm. uh, jambalaya shrimp gumbo red beans and rice with shrimp cajun twisted taters you were yes. right uh gator bites crab toffee um a po'boy shrimp po'boy sausage po'boy catfish po'boy uh, and a wow. chicken and andouille po'boy as well we are loving the po'boys yeah so, and obviously as well, it's not just this, it's not just the food and stuff, it's also the fact that there's the parade, um, there's the floats that they come out with as well, um, 
I haven't seen anything advertised, but I know that you can normally apply to be on the floats. Mm-hmm. So frying up beads and stuff yeah. like that. So, I feel like that would be so fun. Yes. Um, and Voodoo Donut are doing a speciality Mardi Gras Donut. Well, actually, like quite a lot of City Walks getting involved. Tucson is getting involved. They've got a special milkshake. Um, Cowfish has got a special drink. Bob Marley's got a couple of drinks. Pat O'Brien's uh, has a dish. Uh, there's a hot dog, special hot dog from the Hot Dog Hall of Fame. Uh-huh. Um, Breadbox are doing a beef po' boy. Um, Cinnabon are getting involved with a king cake bon. Um, and Jester drinks will be available at the City Walk food and beverage carts all around uh, the City Walk area. Now, what's interesting, though, that's going to be from the 1st of uh, Feb to the 2nd of April. So wow. it's going to be... That's the, a lot of time. Yeah, it's a long season. It's a long season. Mm-hmm. I didn't realise it was long as that. Um, but, I mean, it, it looks incredible. It really does look good. I, I am slightly jealous of anyone that's going to be uh, going, if I'm honest. Well, actually, I was speaking to a lovely lady called Shelby the other day, and she is going to, she's going to Mardi Gras anyway, so she is going to report back for us what all of the new food offerings are like, because she knew that I was going to be super jealous that I wouldn't get to try any of this new stuff. (laughs) So she's going to come on and tell us all about it. Superb. So look out for that in a future episode. And yes, if you get a chance to go, if you're in the area, then... You've got to go, right? You, you've got to go. And if they, I mean, this is obviously the first year they've kind of expanded it a bit with the food offerings. If they keep adding more bits to it, I do really think this could be something to consider in the next couple of years for me to do. I bet it's cheap to for go sure. as well this time of year. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially like now, like February, I imagine would be like you get a really good price i feel like march and april you start getting into like some school holidays and then you have easter coming up um spring break yeah i think february for sure avoid avoid spring break but other than that yeah (laughs) um also you wanted to mention like the latest news from city walk Yes, so we've had quite a few different stores closed. And so basically, City Walk's going to get yet another revamp. So we had the Island Trading Company close. We had the other side of the Quiet Flight store close, so you can no longer use that as a cut through. Hmm. Which, you know, will we'll upset some Halloween Horror Nights fans. But hopefully it'll be... Um, we done at that point but then we have things like peak which is rumored to be closing mm. towards the end of the year so all of that main big corner is going to be a quiet flight i believe is staying for good i don't think that's going anywhere mm-hmm. which surprises me slightly i'm not gonna lie is, i mean i i really love the the area of city walk but a lot of the things they have in City Walk, I just find a bit odd. Yeah. Like, it does seem like yeah. a real mismatch of stuff. Like, you know, like, Food of Donuts makes a lot of sense. And some of the food places they've got make a lot of sense. But some of the actual shops on at the bottom, like the Quicksilver store and stuff like that, like, I just wonder how much how much business they must actually do. I know. Like, I do like Peak. 
that's just like a kind of pop culture kind of store. And mm. um, it's just little, they do like cute little things. Does it need to be there? I don't know. I don't think so. But then things like Island Clothing Company, I've never seen the need to have it there. I think I've probably no. popped my head in there one time and that was it. Yeah. Yeah, I completely, I completely agree. But we've got no kind and of ideas or rumours of what could be replacing those with yet. No, so I've been, I think we've said it a couple of times in this podcast over the last couple of years that I think that we're going to get something like a Sephora mm-hmm. in there to kind of com- compete with um, Disney Springs. Mm. Because realistically, I'd, if I was Universal, I'd want to keep you on our resort. I wouldn't want you to be going to Disney to go to these stores. I'd want you to keep you where we are. But... Disney Springs is not my favorite place, honestly. Mm. I think a lot of the stores there are really expensive. I think if I'm going on holiday to Disney, I'm not going to go and spend all this money in those really expensive stores. But I think somewhere like a Sephora, if I'm staying on site at Universal and I'm going to the Universal Parks, that's going to stop me from going to a mall or to go to Disney Springs. Yeah, I I agree, and I mean, my wife would love it if they did open one up because, um, seeing as I always leave it behind when I go to Florida now, um, that's a makeup brand that she likes, and so, um, it'd be easy for me to buy her gifts from there than than elsewhere. Um, I mean, the thing is, City will never compete with Disney Springs because it's not anywhere near big enough. You know, it's it's a tiny wow. tiny little spot, but I think if they were smarter with what they stuck in there i I think people could hang about there a bit more than they do for sure i don't think we need any more restaurants i think that city walk is pretty much saturated with restaurants now i don't think we need any other different chains to come along i think it does need some good solid stores yeah that will just stop you from going off site i wonder if that might be in the plans for epic universe i wonder if they might be thinking of expanding the city walk area i believe that they are going to do another like resort type thing with a city walk-esque type of thing over there Mm. just to kind of again keep you in that in that kind of universe rather than um having you have to travel like again the thought of going to disney springs just to go to sephora stresses me out yeah yeah, I, I completely agree. And I, as you say, some of the shops just don't make sense. I mean, an UGG shop in Orlando, who is buying wow, it's crazy. things like um, woolly shoes and uh, warm cardigans to wear in Florida? Exactly. Like, as much as I just said, like, oh, I don't really understand why Quiet Fight's still there. I, I kind of do because you've got things like your flip-flops, your shorts, your little vests, blah, 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 your sunglasses. The things that people who are coming for a stay will need to buy and they sell them in like the universal stores as well in the hotels so i get it but i don't know i'd i'd honestly prefer it if that was taken out and that whole entire section was just redone yeah i'm i'm with you on that i'm definitely with you on that um right is there i think that's it for the news isn't it i believe so so this is the part of the show where we would normally go and talk about stuff outside of the park and we are but this week we've got a bit of a special feature so we'll leave the news and we'll go and discuss stuff outside of the parks 
Hello, this is Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel, proud sponsor of the Universal After Dark podcast. Interested in a universal vacation? I can help you find the best deal for your family. There are tons of options at Universal, and I can help you choose the best ones and help build an itinerary to help you maximize your time there. I make the plans, and you make the memories. Contact me at Wendy Prater at MagicalJourneysTravel.com. So you've just had uh, the advert from Wendy Pratter, Magical Journeys, who we obviously recommend. We wouldn't have a sponsor in the show if we didn't. But in this section, we're going to talk about booking holidays. And of course, you could go to somebody like Wendy, and they will help you book everything to the, the minute detail. But not everybody likes to do that, do they, Amanda? They do not. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> I like so, to wing it. <laughs> you like to wing it. You like to wing it. And I mean, well, I, I mean, I guess we, we've probably both done it, you know, in, in both of those ways that you can do it. So you can either go and speak to a travel agent or you can book it yourself DIY. Do it yourself. Um, they're, they're really your two options when you're booking a holiday. And there's pros and cons for both. And so... We've had a few people message us, um, you know, asking for advice, uh, you know, booking their first trip to Orlando, booking their first trip to Universal, um, and kind of saying, you know, what do I do? So we thought in this segment here, we would talk about um, both types of ways to book your holiday and some of the, the pros and cons of, of each one um, to try and give you some idea about how you might choose to do it yourself. So uh, should we go with like package deals, travel agents, Amanda, first? Yes. So I have, I've booked my holiday all, all kinds of different ways. So I've done physically going into a travel agent. I've done booking a package holiday online myself and I've done doing every single detail DIY. And the, the flow that I've found now and what works best for me personally is if I book a package myself but when I say package I just mean a flight and hotel combo okay so you're not talking about your theme park tickets you're just literally talking about somewhere to sleep and a way of getting there yes but along with that does come additional benefits anyway so we have both done a little sample of booking these um pretend holidays (laughs) (laughs) Just for your benefit, guys. Um, So I'll talk through the benefits as I get to them. But my personal preference, no sponsorship, but we'll gladly welcome it, is Virgin Holidays. Mm -hmm. So I enjoy flying with Virgin and I feel like they do give good benefits. So I don't hire a car. Mm -hmm. I have hired cars in the past and I do believe that even if you you're booking a package, it is better to book your hire car separately anyway. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know the ins and outs of the insurance. No. But I know that there's some kind of deal with if you get the insurance through a package holiday, you're not covered for everything. Yeah, it's normally, I don't know the specifics like you, but it, it basically you kind of almost get like the most basic type of insurance. And I've certainly found that when we've, um, I mean, we've only been and got a car once, um, I'll set myself, but 
um, when you go to that check-in desk to get your car and you know you're on the, the database because you're ready to pick your car up they do one or two things they either try and upgrade your car mm-hmm. and say you know oh um, you've got a category uh, b car um which is this size but for an extra 50 dollars um we can upgrade you today to like a mustang or something um so it's one thing they try and do to upsell you the uh, and by the way that's just thing in the air numbers i'm not saying if you pay an extra 50 dollars you're going to get a mustang right i'm just <laughs> but the other thing is insurance they always mention insurance i mean i think legally they're obliged to anyway um but they will always tell you that there is a better insurance available and you know you're better to upgrade it now and it normally also ties in with something to do with the fuel as well like Mm -hmm. they might give you a reduction on the fuel um now i would say for first timers you've got to kind of be careful with that because quite often the the cost of the fuel that they are offering is actually higher than what you would get it for to pump yourself there's like a premium Mm -hmm. added on top so you don't really end up saving money. No, and I think another thing to highlight too is that if you're under 25, you need to get a special kind of insurance yes. to be able to drive over there. So a lot of the times if you were booking a package, so I was obviously below 25 when I started going to Orlando alone without my parents. And so for us to hire cars then, we did have to book it separately anyway. A lot of the times under a special third party person or we had to pay additional fees for the insurance and it can get pretty expensive. So that's one of the reasons why we stopped hiring cars. Another, because I'm old now, I'm definitely not 25 anymore and under. Um, it's because I just find it easier to Uber. So in the past, you couldn't get an Uber directly to MCO, but now you can. And it's only about $30 to get to Universal. Yeah, and I mean, you know, and we'll talk about where to stay a little bit later on, but yes, you know, if you're staying in that kind of area, then it doesn't cost very much to get an Uber. It doesn't normally take you too long to get an Uber either. So, you know, you do lose the the ability to do what you want when you want if you choose to um, by not having a car. But where it often saves you money, and you can, and the thing is, like, when we went out last year, um, and obviously me and uh, P-Dubs and, and Craig spent a lot of time together, um, we didn't, none of us had a car. Um, so we just got Ubers or Lyfts um, when we wanted to go somewhere. And I don't think we ever waited more than about, I think 10 minutes might have been the longest we waited. And that was quite early in the morning. So you kind of understand that. But there's normally mm-hmm. somebody around nearby and you know for us to go to walmart and back i think it was about 15 dollars between four of us um you know it doesn't doesn't cost very much if you want to do stuff so you, you know and also you don't have to pay the car park charges like most places you will stay will have car park charges not not everywhere and again if you're booking a, a package holiday they will tell you that information as well um, they will but that brings me to my next point about the benefit mm. of booking a package with certain hotels so this is for sure i think it could ban a bay i don't know whether they're going to implement it at aventura or not i would assume so in the future but i'm not virgin holidays so i can't 
confirm or deny that but if you book a package with virgin holidays cabana bay is actually a partner hotel mm-hmm. so you get free parking for the length of your stay that, so that's that usually does... about 12 to 14 dollars a night yep so that's the big saving well we just talked about it on the um the last episode of Diz after dark rest in peace um because they've just implemented for uk guests for the first time uh, car parking charges and at disney mm-hmm. i think uh i think that if you stay at a, um, a value resort it's about 15 dollars a night Mm-hmm. And if you go up to moderate or deluxe, it's it's somewhere between um, eighteen and twenty five. Yeah, I think um, Hard Rock was twenty two dollars the last time I stayed there, which was a few years ago. I think it is getting closer to twenty five now. Um, I think Aventura was maybe about fifteen to eighteen dollars a night to stay, and we did we had Luke's car with us the last time that we stayed. So by the end of the holiday, that's like almost four hundred dollars. It, this is the thing when when you've got to pay similar to hire the car mm-hmm. that's another big chunk on your on your holiday you probably weren't expecting so it's good to find out when you're booking wherever you are you know what the car park charges are because you need to factor and i mean obviously they will factor that into the holiday um you know they'll tell you what the the overall cost is going to be but um it can add up and you know, no, us... when you when you book it as a package, so when it's not included, oh, they just tell you what it is. So it's like mm, in small in hotel, print, right? Saying like parking for this hotel is like fourteen dollars a night, and then when you're checking out, they just give you a bill. They just charge you, yeah. Yeah. yeah so cause... if you're hiring a car and you're paying for the parking, that's a, that's getting expensive. That's what I mean. Like you know, we we were talking uh, about our stay our, our weekend to universal last year and i think between the four of us like the four adults that were there it was i suppose it was six because there were two two girls as well Stuart's daughters were there um but i think that entire weekend getting there again from the airport and back um and, and doing the bit around um i think we spent less than a hundred dollars mm-hmm you know, and, and one day we went to, you know, me and Pete, I went to Disney. Um, we did, you know, we did strike lucky in that um, we did get a lift from Simon from the airport. He very kindly um, offered to pick us up. So we appreciate yeah, that. Simon's but, so lovely. Yeah. But we got, you know, um, Craig and uh, Stuart, when they booked their package, they because they booked with Virgin, they got um, free shuttle included. Mm-hmm. But then they had to wait. I think they had mm-hmm. to wait about 45 minutes after they got off the plane, after they got through customs and had their luggage to the bus leaving because it was waiting for more people. So, you know, we didn't have to wait that long. And had we got an Uber, yeah. we wouldn't have had to wait that long. So, you know, it, it does add a fair bit on if you do want to hire a car and you do want to do that. So unless your plan, you know, if, if you are looking to, I don't know, go to Bush Gardens or yeah. you want to go and visit Clearwater or you want to go to Kennedy Space Centre. For those journeys, really, you do need a car because they are, you know, Clearwater is about two and a half hours away. Bush Gardens is about just over two hours away. Um, in an Uber, that's going to be expensive. 
So yeah, and I mean there know. is there is buses that you can get, but they are long. They are long, long buses. Yeah, yeah, and we don't just mean the size of the buses. We're talking about the journey time. <laughs> they are both <laughs> long and long. But so I'd say tip tip number one for everyone is consider Uber. But tip number two for me personally is to join a flying rewards program so because i always book with virgin i am part of virgin flying club so i'm not on a paid for program i don't pay anything for it i'm on the red level so that's just the basic one but i earn miles and i get seven percent discount so a lot of the times i'll wait for a sale so like mm-hmm. a Christmas sale, a January sale, an Easter sale, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll compare whether I'm going to save more by using my flying club discount or whether I'm going to save more with the sale discount because you can't use both together. Yeah. And a lot of the time, my flying club discount gets me the better saving. However, last year, I booked a package. I then cancelled the package because of strange life circumstances. And I had to rebook it DIY because I was going to be staying with Luke and Ashton, who obviously weren't going to need flights. Mm. So I had to book it separately. And I could use the miles that I'd accrued over the last few years to pay for my flight. So you earn miles and you get a discount. And you don't pay anything for it. Yeah, now bearing in mind, you know, you and Craig as well are kind of anomalies with this, because Craig does the exact same thing you do. But both of you go to Orlando more than the average person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I uh, recently I've been able to go um, twice in the last um, four years. Um, but before that, I hadn't been for a long time. So, uh, you know, I think seven years or something. So, you know, I didn't, I'm not been able to rack up the, the miles like you guys have um, going as, as frequently as you do. But absolutely, as you say, it's a free program. Um, they encourage you to sign up to it when you book a flight with Virgin anyway. Mm-hmm. And all airlines do this. So obviously I know you're, you're focused on Virgin because that's who you normally fly with. My one issue with Virgin, especially when we go for short stays, is that Virgin's um, hand luggage allowance is tiny compared <laughs> yeah. to some airlines. So for example, um, I flew with BA last year. That's British Airways, if you don't know. And on, on their hand luggage, you could take a suitcase that was, I'd say, at least a third bigger than Virgin's, but also your luggage weight was 23 kilos compared to 10 on Virgin. Now, it's very hard in a small suitcase to carry 23 kilos yeah. of, um, of luggage or, you know, toys and merchandise and stuff, but even so, it's very generous. So if I was going to fly with Virgin... I'd probably have to pay the extra for baggage mm-hmm. or upgrade to a different class of seat um, in order to do that. But, you know, that's that's adding, I think adding a suitcase is about £45 each way. Um, so it's not particularly uh, expensive, not not compared to <laughs> hiring a car and parking it. Yes. <laughs> so um, there is that. But one of the things, I mean, you mentioned that, uh, you have booked your packages before with Virgin online. Yes. But you also mentioned about going in to um, to see a travel agent. And yes. I think there's a lot, you know, if this is your first time 
And we're going to talk about DIY and what we like about it in a bit. But for first timers, I think going and speaking to someone is really, really beneficial to you. Now, I'd say, you know, I don't know what the situation is in America, actually. I've never really noticed uh, travel agents in malls or things like that. But in the UK, we used to have loads of travel agents. We don't have quite as many anymore on the high street, but we still do have uh, travel agents, independent travel agents. And if you've never been, you know, they will talk you through a lot of, you know, the, 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 tips and the place to stay and offer you advice and so i think if you're a bit nervous and you haven't done it before and you want to make sure you do it right you know go and see a travel agent or you know that's what wendy does you know she doesn't have a shop for you to go into but you can contact her and she will speak to you and she will guide you through that whole process um and i think that's quite reassuring for a first timer i i think Booking DIY, even if you've got somebody, you know, say, for example, Amanda, somebody that you work with said, okay. oh, you go to Florida a lot. Um, I've decided I'm going to go for the first time. Can you go through it with me? You would do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you, and of course, you do a good job doing it. But I think there's, there's still something to be said about, you know, there might be things that you don't consider, don't think about because it's so it's so like second nature to you that a travel agent might pick up on so i think there is a benefit of of asking for that advice you know this just came to me this funny story um so the first time that i was flying to mco by myself because when i was younger we always used to fly into sanford like every now and again we fly into mco and then the first few times ago by myself flew into sanford so we were, it was the first time that we were flying with Virgin again. And I was like, okay, we're going to fly into MCO. And I had this crazy, crazy panic because all I remembered was the the little monorail in the airport. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, what do I do with my luggage? Do I pick my luggage up and take it on the monorail? Do <laughs> I leave my luggage there? Do I give my luggage to someone? And I was so, so panicked. I was calling travel agents. They couldn't answer me. I was trying to find answers on the internet. Couldn't find anything. I was ringing my dad and he was like, Amanda, no, this is what you do. And I was like, oh, thanks, dad. But I was so <laughs> panicked about that. And so now whenever I'm talking to someone about going for the first time, I'm like, okay, so here's the monorail situation. You might not be panicked about it now, but that's because you don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but I just have flashbacks. Well, look, this is, this is right there. That example there is the benefit that you get from having parents you can talk to. Mm-hmm. Don't fall out of your parents. <laughs> or or do if they're absolute arseholes. <laughs> um, that's package holidays in a, in a kind of nutshell kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, the other way, as we said, of doing it is DIY. Now, for first timers, it's not impossible to do, but you know it's it's probably something that you would consider doing if you've been there more than once. Um, I mean, both times that um, myself and my wife went, we booked package deals because it was easier. Um, we used to use a company called Travel City Direct, who eventually got bought out by Virgin. Same. Um, well, that because they were they were great. They were they really were great. I mean, so competitive. Um, 
and uh, I mean they no longer exist anymore or if they do it's it's a, a branch of, of Virgin and the price is almost identical but um, you know we didn't feel the need to, to do DIY and, and actually the reason I think more for the, the second time that we went because we was going on a honeymoon because we were going for three weeks and we weren't just doing Disney and Universal going to a travel agent and saying look this is what we want to do we want to go here we want to do this they were able to find hotels that were near where we wanted to be and could help us sort the tickets out and of course you you can buy tickets for everything separately but if you're doing it all with one person you know you know what your cost is going to be and mm-hmm. you can you can kind of plan for that so it's it's good but the advantage of, of doing it DIY is because you're doing it by yourself, because you're making up the rules as you go along, you're not stuck to, to package deals. So as an example, when we booked for Halloween Horror Nights uh, 29, Craig and Stuart booked it well in advance. They went into Virgin, they booked it, um, and you know it, they got the package. When me and P-Dubs decided to go, we decided, I think about eight months out. I think we went, I think we booked it in, we, we did, we booked it in late January. So about eight months out. And um, we knew what days Craig and Stuart were going to be there. So we were like, okay, we're going to go for the same time. Um, but we were going from London, so we weren't going from the same airport and all this kind of stuff. So I booked the flights with a independent um, company that that just dealt with flights, uh, flight broker or whatever they want to call themselves, kind of like a travel agent, but they just dealt with flights. And we booked the hotel with Expedia, and I said it was the same time, like same number of days. Um, we flew BA, not Virgin, but they're normally much of a muchness. And we would have flown with Virgin, but we couldn't get a return flight when we wanted less than a thousand pounds return wow and ba we got free uh 400 i think return for the same day so it was a no-brainer we stayed in the same hotel we stayed in aventura which in fact was the base for everybody that holiday wasn't it because <laughs> she was there yes. as well <laughs> um so we all, we all stayed in the same hotel and even some of the listeners did as well funny enough um and our costs for the, the holiday, oh, we, we had to book our, our tickets separately for, for Universal because we didn't have those as part of the package. Um, our holiday cost between the two of us was um, less than half of what they paid as a package. Wow. Like that's how much we saved. Um actually no it might might have been like 40 percent less or something stupid like that but i want to say that our combined cost was about about 800 pounds and theirs was uh, about 1500 or something but it was a significant difference and one of the reasons for that was because they'd booked it so far in advance Mm -hmm. so when you book it that early they booked it over a year in advance the flights are normally at their their highest because they've not been released yet so timing is important as well when it comes to diy uh, or or buying a package 
Um, yeah, I feel like sometimes when you're when you're doing the DIY, you can get a real gem. Like you can really, really get a good, good deal. But you have to time it right. But then you don't know when is the right time. Well, that's it. And I mean, I've seen independent reports where they've um, looked at the, you know, because Christmas is normally a time that um, airlines have uh, Christmas sales or Black Friday deals in November. And they always say, you know, that's the time to book. But, you know, people have done um, studies into that and, you know, kind of been paying attention to the cost of flights leading up to the, the, the deals and after the deals have, have finished as well. Um, and sometimes you might be lucky to um, save more than about 20 quid on your flight. Other times it was actually cheaper after the sale. Mm-hmm. So it's that usual thing of they'll advertise it as cheaper because the day before the sale started, the price was higher. But actually leading up to the sale starting, it had actually been the same price or lower. So you don't always get a good deal like that. So you've got to be lucky. You've, you've got to be lucky. That That's it. There's no rhyme or reason. Um, you know, have a look. Flights normally come out nine months in advance. So... Yeah that that's the time to kind of have a look and, and see and then it's up to you you know if you if you want to book that far in advance you know what i what i would recommend doing is just keeping an eye on, on the cost of flights at the time of year you want to go um and just see what they were and then you know when the flights get released whether or not you think that's a good deal and if you don't think it is you know wait and see if it goes down absolutely and i think like because because we've tried all these different ways of doing it we've found ways that we like now so as much as i love doing the package part in the flight in the hotel i would never get my tickets as part of the package yeah i i i agree um you know unless you're going there for a long period of time it's normally cheaper to buy tickets separately um I think for the same price of, you know, because because we come from the UK, we get different ticket deals to what you get in the US. So we can generally only buy tickets for a minimum of two weeks for anything mm-hmm. park. Um, yeah. You can't really, it's very hard to buy tickets uh, for less than that. So again, going back to the example of when me and P-Dubs went to um, Hollywood Studios, it was a real pain to try and buy a one-day ticket from the UK. Oh, yeah. Because you just yeah. you just can't do it. I had to the only place I could buy them was Disney Direct paying in dollars. Um and it was the same as gate price. It just meant that I had my tickets ready and we could book 30 days out for attractions. Um that was the reason for doing it really. But it was a, a whole a whole performance, a whole palaver. So when we book packages in the UK um, you normally have, and you're going to Universal, you'll get a 14-day ticket. And the cost of a 14-day ticket is not that dissimilar to buying an annual pass, the lowest tier annual pass, at least. Um, so, and when you have an annual pass, you do get a few perks, don't you? You get, some, you get discount on merchandise, and um, you can use, like, a, a side entrance and, and things like that. So You can be in the UOAP Facebook club. <laughs> oh, I didn't realise. Because I, so as an example of this, when we went last year, 
um, I had to buy a, a two-week ticket for Universal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, no, you know what? Actually, I didn't. P-Dubs did that. I was going to, but they were doing a promotion at the time, which was um, if you bought two days park tickets for both parks, they'd give you two free days. Oh, I remember you getting that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, to be honest, it didn't cost that much less than had I bought the 14-day ticket. Um, but I just thought it, it just seems pointless. Like I saved about 20 quid by doing that. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like life-changing. But I thought, well, I'm, I'm only going to be there for four days. So I'll just save 20 quid. But what I did do when I was leaving was I just went and said um, how much to upgrade to an annual pass. And it cost me $18. Mm-hmm on top of what I'd paid for my tickets. So I upgraded to an annual pass with no idea whether or not I'd actually be returning. But I thought, well, just because at that time as well, I was thinking maybe we could go out as a family this year. We're not going to. Um, but I thought, well, it's going to cost me $18 to upgrade my ticket. And all that means is if I do come back within a year, I don't have to buy any tickets. That's it. And then plus, when you renew it, you'll get the renewal rate instead of paying the full price exactly so i thought it it was just a no-brainer so that's what that's what i did so if you book diy you can choose how when to buy your tickets and depending on what you're actually after you can get some really good deals yeah for sure i think right now like i buy my tickets if i'm if i'm buying standard theme park tickets i i have a annual pass for universal so i never buy two-week tickets anymore um but if I was gonna, I think it's about two hundred and seventy-seven pound right now yeah. on attraction mm-hmm. tickets direct. An annual pass for a three park um, is about three hundred and fourteen pound. Yeah. So, because I go for more than two weeks at a time, I tend to go for like two and a half to three weeks, and I like to go to Universal pretty much every day that I'm there. Um, a two-week ticket wouldn't wouldn't really benefit me i'd have to buy a two-week ticket and then an additional two-week ticket which would be more expensive it works out much cheaper for me to do the annual pass plus you get benefits on top of the discounts some passes you get free parking with but mm-hmm. if there's an event on so like mardi gras now for example you'll get benefits at mardi gras you get cute little buttons that you can collect every month um the last couple of years at halloween horror nights they've actually had pass holder q a's with the creative team oh and pass holder merchandise you can buy pass holder merchandise and pass holder nights so where the park is closed to everyone except pass holders so you can have as much fun as you want to in a pretty much empty park what about the lounge? Because obviously I've not been able to go and visit the lounge. The lounge is cool. So it's nice and air conditioned. You can go in and um, charge your phone in there. You just scan your pass as you go in. They have that Arctic Coke machine. Uh, yes, the legendary Arctic Coke machine. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's just, it's it's very small, but it's very chill. So the the AP lounge is essentially you as a building. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly that. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's nice in there because sometimes, you know, we've all been in that position where you you get to the park and you've got a crap battery on your phone. 
and you're like, I need to buy a power pack. Oh, wait, now I need to buy a white. Like one time I spent $80 in the park on oh a portable charger and a wire. And I was like, does this portable charger have charge in it? And he was like, I think so. It didn't. <laughs> God. And this is all just to save a 20 minute walk back to the hotel to put my phone on charge to then come back. Yeah, so, so I always I always carry a power pack with me. There's there's a good tip. No matter how yes, you book in your holiday, yes. uh, take a power pack with you. Hundred percent. I usually am on it, but that day I just didn't. And then I was like, right, we were staying in the park. It was when we were there in May, so the parks were open later. Um, wow. and it was like two o'clock in the afternoon, and I was like, if I go back to this hotel, I am not going to come back. Yeah. Like I will, I will fall asleep. This is the benefits of of Halloween Horror Nights. Right, because if you're doing stay and scream, you can leave the park early, and your excuse being I need to freshen up for the evening, yes, because you know you're going to spend the whole night there. I mean, we did that every day, mm-hmm. but the only day we didn't do that was the day that we spent together, because we literally had dinner and then had to run back. Oh yeah, I remember stay that. And scream, <laughs> yeah, and we just made it with like two minutes to spare, um, but. Um, but yeah, so so for for the sake of um, you know quick maths, it's about thirty five odd pounds difference between buying the fourteen day ticket and the lowest two annual pass. You'll probably make that money back on what you save on purchases in the park. For sure, and if you go to the next pass up, you get discount on food too. So there you go. Mm-hmm. I use the same kind of maths when I. I've bought my tickets, uh, my annual passes for Disneyland Paris before. Um, same thing. When you start to add up what you're going to kind of get back on your investment compared to just, you know, booking in another way, it's actually cheaper to buy, for me, an annual pass than it is to uh, buy a hotel room with part tickets included because I'll make more than, um, I'll make more savings paying a bit extra for the annual pass than I would have done had I just bought the part tickets. So if you're mad like that, it does it does actually make sense. Um, but the, the other good thing as well is that sometimes when you, and again, this doesn't really affect the first timers, but if you're, if you like a particular hotel, you might go and try and book a package holiday and they don't have a partner agreement with that hotel. Mm-hmm. So you are going to be tied to the hotels that they have relationships with. So, and I mean, you know, most travel companies have really, you know, good connections and all the top hotels are available. But there might be one that you have found that you like that they just don't, um, they can't set you up a package with. So if that's the case, then you can do that. Or if you want to book a specific villa, um, because you know, I've never booked a villa holiday. Have you done a villa, villa holiday? I've stayed at villas, but I haven't personally booked it myself. So that was like I think we stayed in a villa maybe three or four times when I was younger with my parents. Yeah. Um, but uh, that was through Travel City Direct, I believe. And with most holiday companies, if you book a package deal and it includes a villa, you don't choose a villa. There will be certain that they kind of grade them depending on their yeah. size. So you will get, you know, if you want a 10-bedroom villa, for argument's sake, um, there'll be a category which has villas that have at least that number of bedrooms. But you won't mm-hmm. know until you get there 
where your villa is. You know it's in the vicinity, but you don't know exactly where you're going until you you get the uh, the details when you land. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whereas if you book it DIY, you can, but then that does come with a danger. Warning, warning. Yes, warning, warning. And that unless you you know and you're like certain that this is like a legit company, and you're definitely going to get what you see, it it could go wrong. And I have heard an awful lot of horror stories about that. Yeah, if you're going to book a separate villa for argument's sake like that, um, make sure it's because it's uh, you know owned by someone you know or it comes recommended by various people that you know uh, or they've stayed there before, or you do it through a legitimate agency because there's plenty of uh, companies that, you know, are authorised, um, regulated, that do villa deals and people advertise their villas. So if anything went wrong, it would be up to them and they would have to fix it for you. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, if you kind of go independent, completely independent and just you know somebody's advertising a villa on facebook or something and you have to bank transfer them the money um you are screwed yeah i'd I'd say don't do that (laughs) no 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 and it does happen and people do get stung so um that's that is something to be careful of when you do diy um but i you know for me i think what i like about doing diy is that um you are free to do all the choices yourself. So as long as you know what you're doing or you're confident enough to know what you're doing, then you can save money by doing so. Um, yeah. But, Definitely. You know, I feel like the the main thing that I really, really love about booking the way that I book it right now is that it, it doesn't really matter so much for me this year because I'm, I'm kind of a bit late with booking this year, but usually I do book in December and I can just pay my deposit and then I've got until like July to pay my flight and hotel off. And I know that you can do that with certain DIY websites. Like I know that on Travel Republic, if you're booking your flight and your hotel together through them, but then again, that that's kind of the same thing. That Yeah, you're kind of still buying a package. You're just doing it through... Yeah someone who's not a kind of known reseller like that um Mm -hmm. i mean when we booked our um when we booked aventura last year with expedia um i think we could pay it um on arrival or we had to pay like the day before um for for one price but if we wanted to pay it all up front we'd get a discount Mm -hmm. But it means that, you know, we could cancel up to 24 hours before and not lose any money. Um, so if anything changed, we'd, we'd be okay. And uh, we were panicking a little bit because we did pay for it all up front. And then just before we all flew out was when they started having the... Um, oh, yeah, the BA stuff. Cancel- yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, God, and, I remember that. Some of us were Virgin, some of us were BA, and we was like, are we all going to get there? Luckily, we did. We missed it. Um, although me and P-Dubs only missed it by a day. <laughs> because the next strike was due the day after we we flew um but yeah you know it was all fine in the end but um yeah there, there's something to be said about that but yes if you're buying a package for a travel agent you normally get to pay it in installments um compared to diy where you normally have to pay it there and then like if you book a virgin flight um or even the company that i used last time i had to pay the, the full cost of the flight um 
and one tip as well and it certainly is is good for the UK won't matter so much for our American listeners is um, pay by credit card even if it's only partially because if anything happens the credit card company is then liable if you pay by debit card you're not you're not covered so Mm -hmm. you don't have to pay for all of the holiday so you can just pay for a pound of the holiday using the credit card and then use your debit card to pay for the rest of it but it means that they are liable for the holiday so um that's a little tip for you um but uh, you know for you know that that's a uk perspective i mean from the us it will be different um you know we're different in some ways i mean you've still got the same two options um but you do have people like Wendy who are there to guide you through all those processes. I mean, one of the things, obviously, it doesn't count for Universal, but one of the things that Wendy does for uh, Disney trips is she will get your fast passes for you. Uh, that literally every single year, I'm like Wendy, I'm going to use you this year, girl. <laughs> <laughs> because the thing is, that is, you know, there are some things that are, especially for us in the UK. You know, we've got very funny times when those um, things go on on uh, line. Like because mm-hmm. of the time difference, it's normally about midday, isn't it? Yeah. So. It's a lot easier now than where it was. So in the past, we used to have to wake up at like five o'clock in the morning to do them. Yep. And that was only a couple of years ago. I think it was only actually maybe last, no, the last two years we've been able to do it at 12 o'clock. Um, but I despise booking fast passes is the absolute bane of my holiday life oh that that honeymoon trip um i had to because we we'd done it all through travel cities they they book everything for you but they don't do things like that so um i had all my details i'd gone into the disney website i'd put all my itinerary in there and then i just had to wait for the windows to open up and i remember getting up at five in the morning um waiting for restaurant reservations to be open so i could get cinderella's castle and california grill um and then try and get some fast food. Like, it was just it was just a mess um and we managed to get you know everything we kind of needed but um yeah it was still it, you know if you if you can pay somebody to do it you know craig always says time is money and he'd much rather pay a bit extra if it meant that it took a leg workout for him what people like wendy do is you know takes that pain away from you and gets it done Mm -hmm. so you know if you're doing some of that absolutely go and speak to a travel agent um but i mean most of them are you know will offer will give you free advice um you know wendy uh, in her advert says the same thing like no obligation quote so go and i think you know as a fine for my final point on this um i will always look at packages versus diy yeah so I'm one of these people that I will make loads of notes and I'll go, right, what can I get on Expedia? Because you can get flights and hotels in there. What can I do there? What if I just get the hotel on there? What if I just get the flight on there? Okay, I've got the prices, right? Now I'm going to go to Virgin Direct. What can they offer me? Um, and then I'll go to a travel agent and go, right, what can they do for a package deal? See if they can do something better. Because quite frankly, if the cost isn't going to be that much different, from doing it DIY, I'll go with a package deal in a travel agent's no problem at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think but, as well, we're in such a good technological age. Utilize that, like utilize mm. podcasts, utilize YouTube, utilize Facebook groups. Like back in the day, 
I was on a an old, old, old Universal forum. I'm talking like probably like 1999, 2000, like when I was a kid. Mm. And I used to sit there and be like, Mom, Dad, <laughs> take a price of this much now. <laughs> <laughs> that means I have to book another trip. And they were still uh, really reasonable at that time as well. Yeah, they were. We were talking the other day actually about when you could use Disney tickets with no expiry. So yeah. if we had like a multi-day ticket and we're like, sometimes we just wing it and go for like a, a two-week trip in June because the, the dollar was good. You could get mm-hmm. a flight with things like Monic for like £200. Mm-hmm. And then you had no expiring Disney tickets. So like, yeah, why not? Let's go in June. It's quite funny. The first time we ever went, um, so it was 2007, they still had people on iDrive selling... <laughs> like part use tickets yeah yeah that's what people used to do if they if they didn't think they were coming back and they had five days left on their disney tickets they would sell them back to an agent um and you could go and buy your tickets that way that's all stopped now like all of those booths and places are all gone from iDrive because you can't do that anymore like there's no business in it because of how tickets work um but yeah you you know it used to be as you say like different times it really Mm -hmm. did um much more to consider now but uh yeah so that's all i had to say on it was there any final points from you or... no i think that we have exhausted the pros and cons <laughs> and i bet it was there will still be stuff that we've we've like, probably missed we'll probably still out. get some more questions <laughs> and and we're happy to like we we yeah. want to kind of do this and one of the things that you know we, we've done this kind of thing before but i don't think to this extent so um I want to talk in future episodes about the properties around Universal. So, yes. you know, we've stayed at, you know, between us, we've stayed at most of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of giving those reviews, giving those, you know, the pros and cons of staying at those places, because there can be quite a big price difference between staying at Cabana Bay and staying at Hard Rock. But yeah, there are reasons it. why and, and mm-hmm. why that still might be considered. So, um I don't know which one we're going to go with first. I mean, you can even announce it now, um, or we can just leave it as a surprise for the, first, for the next episode. Why don't we do um, a poll? Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely. So we will put a poll in the group um, for what hotel you want us to look at first, and, and we'll do it that way. Um, and, and also maybe look at the, you know, a few places that are dotted around nearby, because iDrive has loads of hotels uh, mm-hmm. Some are really good. Some are not quite so good. Um, and I've stayed be... in both kinds on iDrive. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, it'd be good to hear from our listeners as well if you've got any kind of recommendations that are kind of slightly off the beaten track that aren't universal properties but are on iDrive and you recommend for some reason. So if you do have one of those, let us know because we'd like to look into that. Um, you know, well. actually, I saw, I'm friends with a, a young lad on Facebook mm-hmm. and he goes for Halloween Horror Nights every year with his mom and he the last couple of years have been going for a month at a time and he posted his little book in reference the other day and it was literally a one month stay in a hotel in I drive and his flight and it was cheaper than it was for me to go for two weeks in April and um so you can you can get bargains on I drive like you really really can I know with a lot of hotels, they won't let you book for that amount of time on mm-hmm. their website. 
Um, so you'd probably have to contact them if you're going to stay for that amount of time. That is, uh, that's an incredible amount of time to spend though, right? Yes, it is oh, for man. sure. <laughs> wow. I mean, I, I did three weeks, but not on any, you know, that was going around. That wasn't mm-hmm. just staying in one place. So, um, yeah, that, that's quite remarkable. That's, uh, yeah, that's that's lucky. A lot of people won't get. The yeah, he is, he is the, the long stay champ. <laughs> if anyone can be a month in one hotel, yeah. in touch, I bet we won't get any responses. <laughs> um, but I think that probably about wraps up this episode. Yes. Which is good because it's taken us three days to record. Yeah. You guys might think that that's an exaggeration, but that is not an exaggeration. It's literally taken three days. <laughs> See if you can spot when we might have recorded different segments. There's a fun game for you. Yes. See if you can figure out the order we did it in, there's another fun <laughs> game. Um, but yes. Um, so sorry it's late. Um, we, you know, sim- I, I just did discover DLP yesterday and we said the same thing. Like January has just been the most ridiculous month ever. Honestly, I just I just finished recording an episode of a podcast with Chris and th- we spent five minutes at the beginning of it talking about how freaking long January was. And I know that me and you did as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it will be at the beginning of this episode as well. Um, and a, a, a podcast with Chris that isn't this one. You don't yes. mean the, uh, the Halloween half hour, do you? I do. So <laughs> I don't think we spoke about it on this podcast before. We did, because uh, the, the last time you and Chris were both on was just, I think the first episode had just come out. Okay, so... Me and Chris have a new podcast running alongside of all of our others. So I know that Chris is involved with a whole bunch now because you guys have your own podcast as well. <laughs> you and Chris are like podcast machines and I can't keep up. But I'm trying. So we cover Halloween events. We cover horror films, everything to do with horror, basically. And we have been interviewing some ridiculously incredible guests. But we always manage to swing it around to link in with Halloween Horror Nights or Universal Studios in some way. So today we just interviewed Joe Alves, who is the production designer on Jaws and the director of Jaws 3D and he did things on Escape from New York and Close Encounters of the Third Kind and we did manage to link that into Halloween Horror Nights and Universal Studios. Of course you would do. <laughs> um, it's just important, there are two things I want to point out. First of all, that episode you just referenced there, the one you just recorded, will be out shortly after this one. Yes. So uh, if you don't subscribe, subscribe and if not, just keep an eye out for it because it'll be dropping very soon. Um, the second one, is, of course, is that it's called The Halloween Half Hour have you hit half an hour for the length of one episode yet? Nope. <laughs> oh, there you go. So, uh, you know, at least with Universal After Dark, uh, you don't have that time constraint. You know, it could be an hour, it could be three hours, but it's never half an hour. <laughs> but we don't advertise no. it as such, so it's fine. No, I think um, the interview itself was about an hour and a half this time, so. <laughs> fair enough. So, we yeah. always message the PR people and we're like, we just need 20 minutes with them. And we're like, yeah, yeah, 20 minutes, fine, I'll schedule you in. And we're like, ha, psych. <laughs> well, you get interesting people, that's what happens, right? So <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, so January has just been a bit of a mishmash of a month. Um, February will be back to normal. Um so we will see towards the end of February, we have another Universal After Dark. 
Um, thank you for supporting us and thank you for listening. And uh, it's a goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. It's good to be back. I'm not going to play Gary Glissant right now, just, just so you know. <laughs> I thought you were going to play It's Good to Be Back. It's Good to Be Back. Oh. I'll stop recording <laughs> now. I thought it was going to be more singing. This podcast is part of the 